BAM Radio Network. During the said chat, one of the people talked about doing surveys and focus groups on learning spaces and that the architects were just taken aback that they wanted to include student input. And yet, what better way to design a space that would maximize the learning capabilities than to include student input? So it's moving away from this whole idea that, all right, well, we're going to teach on days one through four, and on day five, we have to have a test or we have to have a quiz. Learning doesn't happen on days one through four. It happens on days one through seven. Teaching on the computer or through the computer is not the same as actually sitting in a classroom. You know, it's different methodology, same pedagogy, but but different methodology to accomplish that. And our schools are not necessarily teaching teachers how to do that yet. Welcome to EdChat Radio. I'm Tom Whitby. Hey guys, once the uh, classroom itself was considered the place for learning, and with today's technology, we have to ask the question, how do we define what a learning environment is today, and how do we best utilize that environment? We can't think of a classroom any longer as a square room with rows in it the way we, we did in the past, because we've got too much at hand as far as technology goes to break down those walls of the classroom today. and, and as educators, we have to consider that. So when we talk about the learning environment, it really expands our past experience from the industrial model of education. Steve, you want to um, talk about this a little bit? Well, it's it's definitely interesting. When I talk to, to teachers all the time, I've got an image that I show of a classroom from right around the turn of the century. And I ask the audiences to say, you know, how many of you recognize this kind of classroom? And how many of you could walk into your schools and see classrooms like this today? And it's true. The type of of environment where a kid has learned in a classroom hasn't changed much in 100 years. We've gone from the one-room schoolhouse to the 40-room schoolhouse, but yet we haven't really progressed in the types of spaces where where, where kids are learning. We've enhanced those spaces. You know, we put in lots of technology. We put in interactive whiteboards. We connect them to the Internet. We put in computers. But we haven't really changed the physical environment. And so, you know, it still feels kind of enclosed. It feels like, you know, you go in this classroom and you shut the door and the the world kind of disappears. And quote unquote, kids these days don't learn like that. Kids come home and they want to experience different things and they want to have these interactive, fully immersive environments. You know, there's these these great YouTube videos that I encourage people to look at from Corning called A Day Made of Glass. And they each contain a part of the day where the kids go to school. Those are the classrooms where kids are are fully immersed, not just in technology, but fully immersed in learning. The technology is kind of seamless. It's just there. They're completely interacting with their environment. They have information delivered to them as they need it. They have Internet. They have the information accessible to them as they need it. But they're able to interact with that environment in such a way that it doesn't feel like a classroom. It feels more like a place for them where, where they can learn and they can feel comfortable and they can collaborate and they can create new ideas and they can do all of the things that we want kids to do. But the classrooms have got to catch up a little bit. One of the things that happened in this ed chat was we kind of went from the discussion of the environment into the way teachers have to start changing their roles, becoming mentors or or guides for students and, and having students come into the classroom already having learned things from the outside. And then we got into the the idea of blended learning. And for those of you who are not familiar with that term blended learning, it's really a, a combination of, of using the Internet or connecting with your students online 
as well as within the classroom situation. And one of the discussions that, that, that we had with, with a number of people was uh, the idea of, of possibly rotating students in and rotating students out of the classroom into a computer environment or a technology environment and contacting them there. So the actual seat time that students would have could be less during the course of a week than, than them having to be there 100% of the time now. Nancy, do you have any, anything to add to that? Well, it certainly was a topic during the EdChat. Um, I think that the conversation in EdChat went in many different directions, partly because I think some people had in their mind the technology component and some people had in mind classroom spaces as a learning environment. And you could see through the, the tweets that appeared that some people were thinking in terms of learning environment within the context of school as we have it right now. And other people were thinking well outside the classroom to the global kind of cl classroom, that everything is a classroom. Uh, one of the people tweeted during the session that uh, this is what I found my tween doing just now. She was Skyping with a friend to study. And those kinds of connected activities, uh, kids are taking advantage of it. And so there was a real feeling throughout the conversation that we need to capitalize on on the best way to integrate technology and and blended learning was a part of that discussion. There are many states now that are starting to require teachers to spend a certain amount of time connecting with students online with blended learning courses. The problem is that they're not teaching teachers how to teach using blended learning methods. Teaching on the computer or through the computer is not the same as actually sitting in a classroom. Uh, you really have to employ different methods. You know, it's different methodology, same pedagogy, but, but different methodology to accomplish that. And our schools are not necessarily teaching teachers how to do that yet. And the professional development is long and coming for that same issue. Yeah, that's one of the areas I talk about with teachers quite often is you cannot just use the technology to digitize what you're already doing. You have to change your methodology and what and how you're teaching if you're going to truly take advantage of the capabilities that technology is offering us. I visited a classroom one time where the teacher had an overhead sheet with bullets on the overhead projector. And she walked over to me and she said, oh, I wish you had been here yesterday. I was using my technology yesterday. And she said to the kids, I don't usually do it like this, do I? And they said, yes, you do. And she said, no, I don't. I usually use PowerPoint. She totally didn't get it that a bullet projected on a screen, whether it's from an overhead sheet or whether it's from a PowerPoint, to a kid still looks like a bullet projected on a screen. Quite honestly, we've got too many educators who think PowerPoint is really all they have to know to, to be teaching with technology. And we're so far beyond that these days that it's just incredible anybody could even still think that with all the Web 2.0 products and all the technology learning tools that we have. Well, uh, Principal PC tweeted during this conversation that the classroom is no longer the only place to go to acquire knowledge. Learning environments exist everywhere. This is one of the points that comes up in this new Daniel Pink book that comes out later this month that I've been fortunate enough to read a preview copy where he talks about that's one of the reasons that everybody now is what he calls involved in non-sales selling, that you everybody has the opportunity to persuade or convince people of things. And we're all coming in armed with information because information is available everywhere and that's changed the balance of power with regard to 
this notion of convincing or persuading people. It's no longer that when you speak to a salesperson, they have all the information and you're trying to learn something from them. People come in armed with information. And we see this in schools all the time that parents come in armed with information and and they're not asking us to be the experts any longer. They're coming in and saying, you need to do this for my child and this is available and I want this. And and uh, and it changes the whole tone of the conversation. Yeah. Another thing that popped up in this week's Ed Chat was the idea that when kids are coming in after working on their own, because they can access information on their own outside of the classroom, how do we assess what it is that they've learned? As a teacher, we need to assess the learning in order to know what it is we have to either go over again or if we can proceed with students at different levels being able to access information not only in larger quantities but at any time we could have kids all over the place as far as what they've learned on any given subject and you know in some respects that's a good thing but we still as educators have to be able to assess the individual student to find out what it is they need to know yet on any given topic and that was something that makes it more difficult as an educator, the, the ability to kind of individualize and assess at the same time. Well, I think some are, are trying the, the whole standards based and, and saying these, you know, these are the standards that the, the state or the district or whoever has said that your child is going to get these this year. And this is how they've met this. Yep. And this is, and maybe in some places, in some cases, this is how they met that. And I think it's not so much the ABCD anymore, especially with like what, what Tom said, the amount of information that's available to kids outside of school. And I think that's when we bring in more of the whole formative assessments. And, and I'm, I'm a really big believer that at the top of blooms, when it says create, it's not just creating a product, it's creating new knowledge. It's taking no knowledge and creating something new with it and doing something new with it. And so it's, it's doing more of those, those types of things. All right. So you've, you've got this knowledge. You've got this information. Now, what are you going to do with it? What can you do with it? How can you have a positive impact on society with this information that you have? How can you use that information to build upon to do something else? Uh, if we're moving toward this uh, blended learning situation where, where kids don't have to come to school each and every day, you know, they'd be home some days and they would come to school other days. If we, we, we truly follow that. One of the problems that our culture will face is having all of these unsupervised kids sitting home because both of their parents are working. That's another reality of the situation. The possibility is there for that to happen. So, you know, I don't know how, how willing parents would be to have their kids in blended learning situations where, where they would be home for, you know, periods of time unsupervised. K-12 Incorporated is trying to start virtual high schools, and, and they've tried in North Carolina. Now, ultimately, they've failed in North Carolina, but they want to create high schools where kids don't go to a high school. They they do their four years online. And so that's, you know, parents think, oh, that's so great. My kid, you know, they can they can do all their high school in three years and this and that. And but but the you know, there, there's a certain aspect of, you know, going to school and, and needing to be in that environment, being surrounded by kids. And I'm not there's nothing wrong with with doing blended. You know, all all the kids in North Carolina now, as of two weeks ago, are now starting with next year's um, class are going to be required to have at least one of their high school class 
classes delivered completely online. So the the whole the whole idea of going blended, we're going in that direction, but we need to balance that against the social needs of kids and, and their ability to to learn those skills of collaborating together and and collaborating face to face and problem solving face to face and doing things that are hands on and doing things that are tangible. And the only way they can do that is if they're in an environment that promotes that whether or not it's at a you know quote unquote school or if it's some other way but they they need that that interaction i think with each other well during this ed chat one of the people talked about doing surveys and focus groups on learning spaces because they're redesigning a library space and that the architects were just taken aback that they wanted to include student input and yet what better way to design a space that would maximize the learning capabilities than to include student input so we're coming to an end here i'd like to thank both steve and nancy for once again coming through for us here and ed chat's going on hiatus now through the holidays and i just want to wish everybody a happy holiday this program is produced by accretive media for the bam radio network thanks for listening